You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast brought to you by ascully.com. And here are your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. Afternoon, everybody. Afternoon, Sid Talk. After the noon to you. Um, if you have a cold room in your house, buy a couple of gaming PCs, <laughs> play some games, close the doors. It'll be like warm within an hour, won't it? Is this the before the after the show discussion? Yeah, I was just thinking that. Um, they're, they're that if you're thinking it, that's not a discussion. <laughs> that never True. came out. I mean, we've discussed it's it in the past. the show thought. Way before the after the show. Oh, that's a whole new segment. <laughs> what I was thinking before the after the show show, before the after the show My discussion. My thought of the day is, don't bother with a heater. Just get a <laughs> PC. Good to know, because it does work. Now it that is. we're both in here, it'll warm up this room really fast. Yeah, as long as you play a game and get your graphics card hot, the, it's amazing how much heat they give up. So there you go. Our, what, frugal tip. Correct. <laughs> Homeowner tip of the day. Don't use your heating, just put your PC on. Okay. So, Sito, what else have you got to say at the beginning here? Before the end of the show, discussion really wasn't anything, was it? It was stuff. I heard stuff. It was random. You heard stuff. That sounds very husbandly of you. <laughs> I heard stuff coming out of your mouth, but nothing really. Some things in. were said. As me. often happens, we discussed this movie, which we're about to do as the actual podcast, and um, that's about it, really. Right. City Skylines. Yes. Discussing City Skylines. Everybody loves that game. That's one of those pre-mentioned games. True. That's about it. Welcome to the show. All right, so um, it is Saturday, October the 27th. Happy Halloween. Our Halloween, we did Hereditary for Halloween. That was a few weeks ago. Yeah, that's over already. So, you don't uh, seem to get in the spirit of what it means to actually, like, do a Halloween movie I actually for do, because today's movie is about the horror of being in the eighth grade. <laughs> that's true. That's, <laughs> that is actually, very, it's, that's accurate, yeah. I'll right. go with that one. All right, so this is after the show number 554. We are a movie review podcast. We review a movie every week. This week, we are reviewing the movie 8th Grade. It's a 2018 movie. You can pick it up on Blu-ray now. And uh, it's rated R from our friends at Lionsgate and A24 Pictures, who sent us a copy for review. Sid Talk, give us a synopsis of 8th Grade. Are they really our friends? Did yeah. they? Are they our friends? Yeah. Don't oh, use that word so loosely. Come They're on. My would, they, would they hold my hair back if I was puking in the toilet? Uh, possibly. If you caught them. At the right <laughs> I think I'll email them and say, I just have one question for you. <laughs> <laughs> my synopsis is what you said. This is about the eighth grade, but it's about one particular girl and her eighth grade. Not even about the eighth grade experience. It's about being that age and about coping with life. And she's kind of coping with a bunch. If you ticked a bunch of boxes for scenarios for an eighth grader to have to face. Bitchy girl, jerky guy, awkwardness, annoying parent in your own mind. Annoying parent. Um, awkward social situation and school. That This is it. Yeah. So, um... What I really like about these Lionsgate A24 pictures that we often review is I generally know nothing about them 
because they're smaller independent movies and you you know they don't have huge marketing budgets so they're not thrust into your face every two seconds and often you get a nice surprise out of them right like american animals that we saw recently um and i think eighth grade was also a nice surprise yeah i didn't know what to expect and it's a movie with a lot of feeling that's my um thing for it is it synopsis no <laughs> I think that's reasonable. It's got yeah. a lot of feeling. Yes. It's got a lot of feeling to it. It feels re- very realistic to me. I've, I have no experience of a American school, but I do have experience of a British school. There's assholes in all schools. Absolutely. And school is a cruel, cruel place. She's a cruel metri- mistress, yeah. school. You know, and as I was watching this movie, I was like, it's not just a cruel place because of the kids. It's also a cruel place because of the structure of school and the way... In this school, you see, like, the teachers, like, you know, you get forced into doing particular things as a kid there where they think it's a learning experience and it'll make you grow. But often it comes across as cruel, you know, like, you know the part where I said, where in this movie where they have to go to a high school and shadow a high school kid. Yeah. And I said, well, some that sounds like a fun concept, but it also sounds like a recipe for, like, disaster to me. Like, you know? Why? Like... Kids from another school wandering around a high school. And the high school is also full of cruel kids who think that those kids are like, you know, new. No, they didn't really portray that. You're, project- portray you're projecting like that. that. You're saying that because I, I that's how in, it feels. In real life, I believe that. Yeah, but that's not how it's portrayed in the movie. You not get the giggler's and the eye rollers. But in fact, her experience is she meets up with a nice young girl and her girl's friends are nice. And they're just normal teenage kids. Yeah, and but I don't feel is. like that is the um, right. But what you're scenario. doing is saying there are horrible people in that school, but it's not portrayed that way. No, this not in this movie. No, this but isn't I'm, a bully high school movie at all. I'm thinking more of in a real life scenario. Right, but we're talking about this movie, and they did not portray that in this movie. They did not, and I did not claim they did. You did. You just said it was full of rude teenagers, and it's not. No, I'm saying a high school could be full of rude... Te- like, not that one, but, like, in real life, a high school is full of cruel teenagers. It can be, but you did say this movie was, but it's... Oh, well, I didn't mean saying. to say this okay. movie. Okay. And I, I thought I said something else, but... Nope. You didn't. And the listeners now are going, yeah, you did. Nope. You was correct. They're not. Because, <laughs> you know, they can listen back. <laughs> They're not right. Um. So... I don't know nothing about a teenage girl growing up in a eighth grade. I don't even know what eighth grade is. I don't know how old that is. Fourteen. I mean, I do now after watching the movie. Yeah. I, you know, it doesn't. It doesn't make me think. You know, like when Americans watch Harry Potter and it says like year seven and year eight. I yep. bet that's a bit of a thing for you lot. And you're like, what? How old's that? Man? Correct. Like, yeah, what the, the hell are you even talking about? Yep. So eighth grade, what I gather, my version of it is, it's the year. When you finish that middle school and go to the high school. Whereas in England, we don't have like three schools like that. We go from, you know, junior school to high school. Whereas you go from what they called? Middle school? What are your three versions oh, of school called? elementary. Elementary, right. Or some people call it primary. So ele- elementary, middle school, or some people call it junior high. Because before you go to senior high, and then you go to high school. Or senior high. So for our British listeners, which I have a few, I know. Like, in Britain, we go to, you know, our high school. We are 11 years old when we go to high school. And you are 
When you go to high school, you should be 15. Well, it depends. Some we schools, leave high school at 15. Right. So some of our high schools start in ninth grade, which would be 15, 16. Some start in 10th grade, which would be 16, 17, or 15, 16, depending on when you're born as well. You know, there could be a whole year difference. So yeah. we get the idea. You guys get out of your primary educations before you go to university at 16, but that's actually not correct. You get out of your high school, quote unquote, at 16. However, you do another like year or two of more intense study, which is probably at our high school level. It's just sort of your precursor of going to college. So you have a little interim there between 16 and You're talking 20. about sixth form, sixth form, aren't you? Uh, whatever that is after you get out of your 16-year-old yeah, thing. You, you don't have to go to that. That's like a... Right. But you, do yeah. you go to college, you would. Right. Right? You have to take classes. You kind of take more focused classes. And then you go on to university or on to whatever. So it's kind of funny if we say, oh, they get out of high school at 16. Well, you it's a... It's not like they know everything we know at 16, at 18. No. A lot of people just get a job at 16 and don't go to yeah. you know, further education. So um, this uh, movie, uh, you being an American and being an eighth grade, uh, you were once an eighth grader a long uh, yes. time ago. And, <laughs> a long time ago on my ass. And, uh, That's correct. That was 40 years ago. You, almost. Does this movie ring true to you? I mean, it is more modern than when you went to school. Yeah, the eighth grade 60s. thing. As far as like a school, I did not go into a city school. I went to a very tiny school. So we're talking about a big, huge difference culturally there. However, this person that we're watching, I'm still her. This young person that we're portraying and that this young lady portrays perfectly is an absolute representation of not just an eighth grader, but people through their entire lives. She has anxiety about i i don't know they we didn't go into her head right but it was just anytime she was forced into a social situation where we made it visually clear all the other kids are very you know outgoing um they seem socially acceptably attractive whatever that is you know what i mean like we're seeing a very distinction a big distinction here and then when you look at her and she's like well, she's just an average girl but you understand from her body language and the how she feels that every situation she goes into, she feels like she doesn't belong there. She can fake her way through it, which is the other thing I totally identify with, is not being a fake person, but she even discusses being a version of yourself where you're like, I can do this, I can do this, I can get up in front of people, I can do karaoke. When on the inside, you are like a volcano of emotion where all you want to do is hide away. Right. So I completely identified with her and the way they portrayed it, where she did the things. She went to the pool party. She put on the swimsuit. She went out in the middle of all the kids. She got in the front row of the group picture where you feel like you want to die when you know you're going to be right or wrong, whatever people want to say about it, but you're going to be the fattest person in the picture, the grossest person in the picture, the pimpliest person in the picture. But and you just go ahead and do your thumbs up, like <laughs> that's this is great. This is <laughs> this me, is um, great. On the inside, you actually want to stop existing, and that's the way it made it look, and it was perfect. Yeah, and to be honest, that um, 
you know, when she goes to the pool party and puts on a swimming costume and is obviously uncomfortable, they didn't go overboard, like, with all the kids, like, laughing and smirking at her. No, no. It was portrayed fairly that a lot of this is in our own perception of ourselves. Yeah, I think that was what they did well. Even though the mean bitchy girls, they remind you, yeah, we don't like you. The mean bitchy girls almost were indifferent, though, about her. They just, they weren't, they didn't really care about her. They just... They're more like, huh? They didn't want to, like, pick on her and say, Do you exist? Yeah, they just didn't want to have anything to do with her, right? They just wanted to look at the phones and, (laughs) you know, not listen to her. So, yeah, this movie did have a different scenario. It wasn't the... Like common where you would see this girl come out in the pool party and then you see all the kids sniggering and talking amongst no. each other. So, And I was surprised at that because that's how we usually see it portrayed. And then as I was watching it, I was like, yeah, like you just said, a lot of it's in your own mind that people are sniggering and talking about you. But Absolutely. that doesn't mean that that isn't an in, invalid thing. Like That means... I mean, that's something you have to overcome, I guess. And that's what this movie... And that's what I was saying. I've overcome, or you overcome on a case, day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, your ability to suppress that need to run away because you don't fit, because you don't sometimes. I don't fit in a lot of times. I just don't. People will accept me. People who love me, love me. People who get to know me, like me. Or hate me, right? So either way, those I like, the, you know, really, the polarized things I like. It's that middle ground where I cannot get myself to fit, ever. I can't get in there. I can't be just, you know, I can't feel like everyone's looking at me and I don't want to be doing small talk and I don't want to be in the middle of a conversation where I have to just smile and nod at everyone or be the one who... Clearly disagrees, but is not going to rock the boat at the moment. I can't do any of that. And i that's what makes me feel like super anxious and like, oh, you know, that thing where she slumps her shoulders and yeah, you mostly see the top of her eyelids, the top of her forehead a lot of the time in this movie or her from behind with her kind of slumpy shoulders. That's how I feel on the inside. Yeah. So for me... It was like, wow, I'm 50, but I get it. (laughs) You know, it's like the movie The Wrestler, but like a teenage girl version of that, where they follow in, where you're following that wrestler from behind and you're actually understanding how people look at him. (laughs) It really does give you some sort of empathy. Yeah. I mean, you are literally right on the shoulder of this person and then you can kind of, they let it. Make it so you can see what's going on around and the your own body language. I think it's a good technique. It can get overused occasionally, but yeah. I it think did. it was well used in this one. Yeah, I do too. Um, so, what did you? I found this money. This movie not only is it like kind of heartbreaking in a way a lot of the time. There's some scenarios where you're like, "Oh my god, that's harsh or horrible," but it's also very funny. Yes, did you find it funny? I did. Like the awkward kind of funny where you're like, oh, God. I really liked the part where there's a really hot, the hot kid in class, I guess. He he has an awesome soundtrack every time you see him. This awesome music starts playing. That's how she kind of pitches him. Correct. (laughs) Um, And then it turns out he's not, maybe he's the hot dude, but he's also a dickhead. A dickhead, yes. Right. And she kind of finds out that he 
is a the kind of dude that would drop a girlfriend because she wouldn't do something with him. Oh, she wouldn't send dirty pictures. Correct. To him. So she's like, well, if that's a way I can get with him, yeah. then I'll try that. Like, so she kind of goes up, and it's really funny that she's just like, hey, I've. I just did something really embarrassing. Yeah. He's not even listening to her, is he? Like, he's no. playing his game. And she's like, I just did something really embarrassing. I opened my dirty pictures folder on my phone, and he's like, instantly, his ears prick up. Like, ooh. So that must be what it's called in the young people circles, yeah. the dirty picture folder. And then he's like, then he's like, <laughs> it's really funny. He's like, um, so she goes, no, they're just for my boyfriend. And he's like, who's your boyfriend? And you can see in his mind, he's like, well, I'll be your boyfriend if I can see the dirty picture folder. Yeah. And she's kind of into that, like, because that's, well, maybe it's a way I can get in on him. It's, it's very, that seemed very real to me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately. But yeah, I yeah, agree. Like, it's an awkward way. Of, oh, well, maybe he'll pay attention to me if I show him a dirty photo. But, um, and you know, they, people say all the time to me in life still, oh, you know, I, I, can't, I bet once a month somebody says, oh, you don't have any kids? Oh, in that sort of like, oh, what a shame. And I think this is the kind of character that reminds me that in real life, I would be either the worst mother in the world, right? <laughs> Seriously. Which character? This dude? The girl oh. and the dude. Well, the girl. Think of the girl and her approaching this dude and then knowing that on her phone as we see it on her laptop she then goes and does research on how to give a blow job we'll just say that's what she goes on and does i would be the mom who is monitoring my child i'm not kidding you i would be the worst most overprotective <laughs> i'd bust in the room and go are you kidding me right now you're 14 years old. Why are you looking at blowjobs? Just explain this to me right now. Nope. Don't cry. Don't get mad. Just tell me right this minute what inspired you to do that search. Just tell me and we'll move on. I would just be that intrusive. I have no doubts about it. You know, either that's the best mom or the worst mom. But this movie reminds me. I can't imagine putting a person out into the world. Not not in this generation, not ever, because there's so many, you know, oh, like we meet a guy who's not just this little dude, but another dude who's a twat. Much older dude. Horrible shithead motherfucker. Pardon my language. There's the big one. But that would be, see, I get defensive of this girl and she's a fictional character and I want to go rip his head off. Yeah, this movie goes to a, a place where I thought it was actually going to get very dark. Oh, like, me too. Me too. But it doesn't go, doesn't cross that line, but it actually shows, like, if a teenage girl, you know, if you sit down with your teenage girl and watch this movie, and your teenage girl can relate to it, and so can you, there is definitely a discussion to be had after it that is valid. Like, Absolutely. Very real, you know? So, it's not just... Uncomfortable, a, but very important. Yeah. So, you know, in this movie, they even have a, a scene where all the kids are sat in class watching, what's that video? <laughs> like, um... Like sex ed about video. that hair down there. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny, like it because it it reminds me of being at school and we watch those videos too. They weren't. I don't remember any of those. I know people seem to romanticize them and stuff, but I do not remember any sort of sexual education. I do at all. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we didn't have it in my school. I don't know, or I wasn't paying attention. Or I didn't care. I don't know. But yeah, there's a lot of things in it. Uh, what 
was the most, what in this movie, what was the thing that stood out to you most? What do you mean? In general? Hmm. Just this girl just seemed so real and so genuine. Did you cry? I cried. Yeah, I cried because I was thinking, my God, if this was my daughter. <laughs> you yeah. know? Like, in the dad situation where he just loves her to bits and yet, you know. Yeah, he, she's um, explaining about parent situation. Um, well, she's being raised by a single dad. I and mean, you don't really know the situation there, but he's a single dad, you know, raising her up. And he just loves her, but... And you mentioned before, like, you know, would a mother have a different understanding of this teenage girl? I'm like, no, <laughs> there is no understanding. No. A young girl between the ages of 12 and 17. It is like a alien from another planet. And I mean that in the best way, because I was one myself, but I was horrible. Absolutely I, horrible. I do like when he's driving her and she's <laughs> like, what did she say? Don't do. Don't just sit there and like look, yeah, like that. And so, he's like, "Well, I'm looking at the road." She goes, "I don't mean don't look at the road. I mean just don't look like that while you're looking at the road, because <laughs> it's like sad and pathetic." And then he must make he doesn't we don't see it. He must make a face, a different face. And she's yeah. like, oh, "Now that's even worse." And you're like, "It's impossible. It's <laughs> it's truly impossible." But again, I would be the worst mom because I am the snot queen. I was the snottiest. Snot as in being snotty, not, you know. Bogies. I was the snottiest, the most hateful. I am still, I can still be very hateful. So I understand completely. You pull that shit on me, it's not going to fly. I'll either laugh in your face or I'll be like, all right, girl, you just threw it down. <laughs> you want to get in this with, with me? We're in it. We're in it. That would be my attitude as a mother. Or I'd just be like, oh my God, you're so ridiculous. Are you kidding me right now? And I'd probably crush her little spirit like every single day. <laughs> Just be like, girl, you don't even know how to be snotty. Let me teach you a few things. Yeah, so uh, the comedy level is good. Yes. Um, the There was some very funny moments. The uh, drama level is really good. I mean... The the scene between her and her dad where he's just telling her, he, you know, he just loves her. And that's... And how great, how good... He, yeah. Yeah, that yes. way he's saying what a good person she is. Even if you weren't my daughter, I'd think you were a cool person. Like, She's I like, like Dad, shut up! up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and oh he, my yeah, God. You know. Um, and there were some really touching moments. One of the moments where Dad comes in to check on her in a room and she's doing something. <laughs> yeah. But then... Uh, another time when he comes and she and he he says I love you and she says I love you you know these small moments yes. where it's like they're a real family but it's just tough for it's her. a tough <laughs> it's a tough time I think that it's I do think that it's human as well I think if you went to every culture on the whole planet I mean it wasn't easy for you to be a teenager right just because you're British <laughs> well, does it instantly make everything better no okay so it, I think it's it was everywhere. Why is it terrible? Why can't we figure this out? I don't know. Why can't we figure out as like a species, like, okay, when we hit 12 years of age, chances are we are going to have a mental battle between our, our, the world, ourselves, and our body. That's just the way it is. Let's figure out a way for us to all, should we all just, should we just ship everybody off to like a special <laughs> teenage place? You know, and then oh, it would be like, what? What's it called? Um, the island with the kids. Hunger Games? Hun 
Hunger Games, but not Hunger Games. Battle Royale. Battle Royale. Yes, just put them on. <laughs> as soon as you turn 12. You mean survival of the fittest? Yes. Yeah, so now just Battle Royale. As soon as you're 10, 12, honey, I'm going to send you off to this island where all the misfit children live. And all misfit meaning everyone between the ages of 12 and 18. And then if you come back alive, great. <laughs> no, that's a bad That idea. sounds like a bad idea. That's a bad plan. Um, so yeah, it, I really enjoyed the film. Um, some people, I was just reading a couple of reviews. Some people were saying, "Well, it doesn't really go anywhere." There's no, I, I don't, I don't subscribe to that. I think it does go somewhere. It goes with her from being at the beginning of the eighth grade to being where is she at the end? Graduation, yeah. like. Well, the end of eighth grade. Yeah, you graduate. Actually, you're time. not at the beginning of eighth grade. It's one week to the end of eighth grade when we come into the movie. Even when that video <clears throat> at the beginning that she's saying. Um, she does her video, I think, at the beginning of her eighth grade year, but the movie yeah. actually starts one week before eighth grade graduation. And they use this like time capsule thing to like let her have a conversation with herself almost. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it's I an like interesting that. way of doing it. Um, so moving on to the cast, Elsie Fisher plays Kayla Day. She, I mean, she's new. She's not been in anything. What do you think? Absolutely fan- fantastic. Yeah, like... I can't wait to see her in any anything else. I'm excited to see her she's, again. She's supernatural. Super, not supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different movie. I didn't notice that part. That's hereditary. Um, supernatural when she's acting it. I bought every time when she was talking, I was like, oh. At that part where she went to the pool thing... And she was sat in that room and the kid come in and she was like really awkward with him. Yep. He's, he come in to charge his phone and she's like, oh yeah, I um Sometimes my yeah. battery runs out my, 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 my battery, my battery <laughs> dies too. Like she's in this extreme, awkward, like, embarrassed phase. It's hilarious. Josh Hamilton plays a dad, Mark Day. I was like, I, I know this Josh Hamilton guy from somewhere. He was in that movie Away We Go. Do you remember that one with um, with uh, Office Guy? You yeah, really, yeah. He was I, don't, in, I don't remember. Him he was one it, of but... their friends in that, right? But he was actually one of the main guys in the movie Alive. If you've ever seen that, it's a very different movie. It's the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a different kind of cannibalism. If we're talking about emotional cannibalism yeah, it's in a high cannibal school, movie. Yeah, this is like real cannibalism. Well, based on a real life thing where they had to survive by eating each other. It's Did very, they though? It's very savory. Oh my god! <laughs> you didn't just say that. Emily Robinson plays Olivia. Now she's the high school student who she shadows and becomes friends with. I thought she was really good too. She very was natural. Good. And uh, my favorite thing in the entire movie is this guy called Jake Ryan who <laughs> plays Gabe, and he is. You've all met a kid like him, right? He's unapologetically himself. But he's, yeah, he's also, like, got the same issues as she has. He's very nervous and very, but he kind of uses something to, in this case, his his joking and his personality Mm. Yep. to kind of mask that he's inside, he's kind of crumbling and breaking. And um, also, if you watch the deleted scenes, (laughs) magician, he he knows magic. (laughs) Well... Kind it's of. a bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> but um Yeah, I there really... are in life you meet people even as an adult who because we've been conditioned to think of 
acceptable levels of coolness and confidence and, you know, people that are either icky to be around or cool to be around, whatever. You know, we have all these pigeonholes everybody goes in. He fits in the hole of in your face a little bit too much. Fe- but, seems like but he's charming. charming, but completely unaware of his like kind of geeky, like nerdy, a little nerdy, yeah. yes. But and you could see why he he does seem like even though it's not addressed, like he doesn't really fit. He oh, she comes to the party right, the pool party because the mom insists. And the weird thing was the mom asked about her dad a bunch of times. So I just wonder if the mom's like crushing on the dad. Oh, that was the mom crushing on the dad. Yeah. But then there was a man at the party. There was. But but he was like a jerk. So I wonder if this mom of the snotty girl, the bitchy girl. Because the first thing she said, oh, your dad's not with you. Yeah. And then she's looking out at the front of the vehicle. And then you hear the dad of the snotty girl being kind of a jerk. So that was kind of an interesting, tiny little sub story thing they're going on. Well, it doesn't like, really amount to anything. It's just a... Correct. Oh, there's a bit of an observation there. Because cute. when she pulls up in the car to invite her to the party, the first thing that woman says is, oh, uh, your dad gave, did something for charity or whatever. I just want to thank him. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, that woman seemed obsessed with the dad. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. It was funny. Um, so, yeah, this Jake Ryan kid, really, really funny. You've actually seen him before, if you're a movie fan, especially a Wes Anderson fan. He was in the movie Moonrise Kingdom, which Sid Talk completely forgot about. It went off a radar. Until he showed it to me, and I'm like, I'm... It's a very funny movie. It's Wes Anderson, you know, it's very Wes Anderson. But um, (laughs) (laughs) Correct. But this kid, Jake Ryan, in this movie, the two scenes that he's in, he's only in two scenes, really, in this movie. One where he's in the pool, and the other one where they're eating chicken nuggets, right? Both of those scenes were really funny. Yeah, um, really good. And if you watch the deleted scenes on this disc, so most times on Blu-rays, I'm like, oh, the deleted scenes are really boring. This just felt like another 10 minutes of the movie that was missing. Like, it really felt like deleted. It felt like it shouldn't have been deleted. It should have been in the movie and it would have been fine. So, um, big ups to Jake Ryan. This is directed by Bo Burnham who is a stand-up comedian who actually got famous from posting stand-up routines on YouTube. I was just reading. And uh, YouTube actually, he got loads of views on there and then got jobs from that. But he's also in the movie The Big Sick that we have seen recently. I asked you and you said, well, I don't know what that is. But then, again, it was a movie we saw this year. Hey, I'm into this mode now or in life. I'm just moving on. Put it in there, make it go through, it hits a few synapses, some things stick, some things don't, and then I just move on. What do you think of this first-time director, Bo Burnham? I thought he did a good job. It had a few of those sort of indulgent moments, as we discussed, over-the-shoulder watching quite a bit. Not to where it became the style of the movie, but enough to where you're like, okay, we get it, we get it, we get it, I get it. Um, But I did like this sort of, because I like I like to take pictures and I like to draw pictures. And I sort of like the off-kilter balance. Like, it's even beyond asymmetrical balance. And he did that several times. Um, I really like, I felt like in the moment, like the one time where she's talking to the girl on the phone and she's pacing in this tiny little pace. Yeah. I felt like he, that 
he brought that out in her or he, however it came about, it was done in a way where I felt her anxiety, like just from that little tiny closed little moment. And yet she's walking back and forth furiously, you know? So I think he did a good job with all the different kinds of elements. It says on the back of this movie, a new iconic teenage heroine for the ages. <laughs> Do you reckon? Mm, heroine. All right, so know. there are some extras on this disc. There is an audio commentary with director Bo Burnham and actress Elsie Fisher. That's, a, that's cool. I'll be watching that, listening to that this week. There's deleted scenes, which, as I said to you, if you're a fan of this movie, watch those deleted scenes. Don't just think, oh, deleted scenes, because they are really, really good. Yeah, they are relevant, for sure. And uh, there is a featurette called You're Not Alone, Life in Eighth Grade. It shows you how they made the film. It shows you interviews with Elsie and interviews with Bo. And there's a music video, which I didn't watch, because I'm, I'm allergic to music videos. <laughs> um, so overall, Eighth Grade, I think it was a fabulous movie. Fabulous. Yeah, really fun. Very fun, very poignant. If you are an eighth grader, I'm sure you can relate to something in here, or if you've ever been an eighth grader. And I think if you are the owner of an eighth grader, <laughs> is, that, is that the correct term for a parent? <laughs> for some people, yes. <laughs> um, you could sit down with your eighth grader and watch this movie and have a really nice discussion afterwards. It might be a little bit awkward. Correct. But it will also... It, I think it's... And not just for girl parents of girls. If you're a parent of boys... Right. And you watch the scene in the car, you discuss that shit with your son. And you tell him, this better never, ever, ever be you. Or I'm calling that Sid Talk lady from that podcast, and she's going to beat your ass. <laughs> and if you're... I can't do it because I'm your parent, but I will call her. And if she knows you've done this... You are in deep shit. And also, if you're the dirty photo uh, guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the dirty photo guy seems more harmless, but then he could become the guy in the car. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah you're right. So, um, yeah, that is uh, eighth grade available now. Uh, next week, we will be reviewing the movie. And this is a long title. Don't worry. He won't get far on foot. That is a know. long title. Yeah, we'll be looking at that one next week. It stars Mr. Joaquin Phoenix. Is, oh, is that how you say it? Joaquin? Joaquin. Joaquin. Joaquin Phoenix, yeah. Yeah, it stars that guy. Who we saw recently. What was that movie that we saw him in recently? The one where he was that hitman guy. Yeah, that was quite good. That was. Yeah. Creepy and good. Yeah. You Are Not Alone, I believe it was called. Was it? Sit all No. Sit you Were Never Even Here. You Were Never Even Here. I was going to say, you won't remember even watching the movie because it was about <laughs> three weeks ago. That one I remember. <laughs> All right, so movie recommendations. I was looking at this movie and thinking of other movies that captured like this kind of era um, properly, and I couldn't think of any. And I, I looked, even tried to look some up, and I couldn't think of any. So this is the definitive eighth-grade movie, in my opinion. <laughs> so I thought of some movies that were out when I was around this age. I'm probably wrong because I'm very out with dates. But these are movies I remember watching in formative years and thinking they were really cool. And number one is uh, Matthew Broderick in War Games. What do you think of that movie? High school, but yep. And uh, The Goonies, which were both. That would be grade school slash junior high. So yeah, pretty close. Yeah, War Games was a big one for me because I was, you know, super into computers and nerdy. So that was awesome. Like the fact, you know, the thought of like a teenager hacking into 
NATO. <laughs> it's so cool. Like, and The Goonies because it's just a cool adventure. So uh, those are two movies, you know, they're slightly, it's not exactly based on what this movie is, but they're movies that I remember fond- fondly. And yours are? Nothing to do with this movie. Nothing to do with this movie because, of course, it is October, which means it is Halloween-y month or horror slash science fiction slash whatever. Is it Shocktober? Uh, no. Is that is that your whole question? No, it's not Shocktober. <laughs> so this week I watched a couple of movies, actually both in the same day. Um, one's called Backcountry, and that is a couple go out to the backcountry or to like a park and they go camping and there's a bear involved and it is quite good. I would say say it's very grisly. (laughs) That seems seems like I'm not trying to be funny. Um, It's less of a horror movie, even though it's billed that way, but it's more like, Oh God, kind of movie. You know what I mean? Where you're like, Oh my God, I would be, would I be terrified? Would I run? Would I be, like, stupid enough to even do that? You know, that kind of movie. Right. And the other one is, however people pronounce it, Boca, B-O-K-E-H, which, it's, in fact, it just means the blur in the back. It just means blur or blurry. So it's like in photography, when the thing up close is crispy clear and the things behind it are blurry. If the you've ever watched a bokeh. movie, you've seen Boca. If you ever looked at most photographs these days, if there's a light in the background and it's got that weird glow about it, that's what's called bokeh. So this is a movie where two young people, probably in their late 20s, uh, have gone to Iceland for vacation together. They wake up one day and there are no more humans. The like, humans are dead. The humans are gone. They're not dead. They're just everybody's gone. Oh, the leftovers. Kind of like the leftovers, but this is everyone. Except for two people. And so it is definitely metaphorical. It's a bit of a, what's that called? Allegory. You know, yeah. the some of the challenges of God in the Bible are there. It's not overt until you start noticing that's what they're doing. It's not religiously preachy or anything, but it brings up that question a lot. And it's a little bit esoteric. Put that out there. It sounds like you're actually describing the leftovers. <laughs> no, the leftovers has millions of people. Only no, d- only two hundred thousand people left. No, though. I mean about like it being like you know that they're doing an a- the leftovers is kind of like yeah, an but this is really extreme. It's yeah. more focused on one person, two people's interpretation. One person being sort of optimistic and like, look, we can just do whatever we want, and the other person going, why is this happening? And the other person saying, why does it matter? We can't do anything about it. Let's just live our lives. Yeah, but why? Why is it happening? We It doesn't matter. Let's just go to the store and eat what we want before the food all goes bad. You know, that kind of thing? Yeah. It's really serious. It's got a lot of self-indulgent stuff from the director with cuts, shots that look amazing, but then doesn't make sense the way it's edited together occasionally. But it looks beautiful most of the time. It's a little bit more dream quality sometimes um so that's called bokeh or bokeh b-o-k-e-h all right so a scully stuff i've been playing a very small game it's called red dead redemption how tiny how tiny is it (laughs) um i played the first what three hours last night yeah i'd say and you watched the entire thing did so i'm gonna ask you um my opinion is irrelevant of the first 
what you thought of the first three hours of Red Dead Redemption 2. That was really good. What, what it, ex, ex, <laughs> How in-depth do you want me to Describe this to the viewers, listeners. Um, It's just a Western. Not like just- a Western at the turn of the century. It's 1899. It's got, you know, a group of con men slash criminals on the make, bank robber people going, you know, they're kind of wanting to head all the way out west, but they're stuck now because they were on the mountain. It was freezing cold, which was really good. Sequences, all of that looked amazing. You know, yeah. they had to get overcome that. And now they're, it's just a ma- basically about this band of people who are criminals. Got a con man. I think there's some prostitutes in the group. Yep. Um, bank robbers, robbers, shysters, snake oil salesmen. They're all together, you know. And it kind of reminds me of um, Oliver Twist as well, even though they're all adults. But the one guy in charge... Is yeah. like, here's the box. When you make anything out there, stealing and robbing and whatever, you give me some of it. Yeah. Or there will be consequences kind of thing. And it's basically just that. And then your guy is the cowboy guy who's... He's not really a cowboy, though. They're just criminals. Yeah, yeah. So cowboys are different than this Western criminal type. I know that you're confused because you're from England and you think everyone with a it's cowboy hat is a cowboy. what you think of as cowboy. cowboys from the movies, though, right? No, not at all. A hey, cowboy is, to me, cowboys are literally the cowboys. Like, they're from the Ponderosa. They are wrangling cattle and running ranches, moving cattle thousands of miles. Anyone involved in that kind of industry, that's a cowboy. Living, living hard out on the, you know, that does not equal criminal bank robber that's a different thing that's like the difference between redneck and hillbilly which you also don't understand so i wouldn't class them all as cowboys they're not good guys they're not good guys but it's really fun it's a fun one to watch it looks really cool it's got you know all the weird stuff like you have to shave the guy or it gets and you have to wash his face i mean it's very granular sometimes the voice acting is very Awesome. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice it. I mean, it comes across like a movie. But the graphics are really, like, spectacular, I think. From, you know, it's an open world kind Definitely. of Definitely. It starts off like the bit that you saw is not the open world type part. It's more of a kind of enclosed, you're trapped on the mountain. And it's a, a tutorial of sorts. I did the bit this afternoon, which you didn't see, where I went into the town. And I went into the town with three of my prostitute ladies, and the <laughs> prostitute ladies got to work immediately. Ah. And um, I went into into the hotel, and I asked the guy at the desk, and he, I said, is one of my ladies coming in? He says, she's in room 2B. I go up to room 2B, and there's some weird noise. I kick the door open, and the guy's beating the crap out of her. And so you had to beat the crap out of him? Beat the crap out of the guy, took her home. She was very thankful, but she said, you don't really have to look after me. I can kind of look after myself. And he was like, yeah, I understand that. But, you know, this was a circumstance I don't think you would have got out of. Was it Molly, the Irish lady? Yeah, it was Molly. Yeah. Okay. She got, See, I've got to know him she's already. She's very bruised. So Molly. So, um, yeah, the, it's it's huge as well. I mean, I played three hours there. That was like a movie in itself. And this game, they're saying the story alone takes 65 hours to get through so you're looking at a 100 hour game like assassin's creed odyssey they've been playing recently which is another 100 hour game you know people i've seen people like dock these games uh points because they're too long 
And I said to you, I don't get that. No. Because you're in the, you don't have to rush through it. Like, if this game lasts you all winter, you play it two, two hours a day. That's cool, right? For your money. Yeah. Do you just want a short game, like 10 hours, and then you just throw it away again? I don't get, like, the too long thing. If you like, like, Red Dead Redemption, wouldn't you want to play it every single day until spring? Or would you want to just play it for <laughs> 10 hours and then that's it? I don't... You know, I, I as long as possible, I say, if you like it. So I don't get that. But um, this is a really, really, really detailed game. Like... We even saw poo. We saw the horse pooing. Yeah. We saw there's a load the of individual items all over the yeah, table. It's it looks super like somebody's detailed. been I mean, living it's there. Like, so if you look uh, at any other game, there's a lot of copy and pasting going on. Like, more. There's, I've only played about three hours. You know, like you go in a house, about it next and week. that's the Sit same bathtub in every house. That will be a Jimmy John's You kind of don't notice wheat. it at first, but then when you've played we the game for a while, you're like, they have new wheat rolls, not just the flat wheat bread. And what was your conclusion on that my conclusion was it's better than the white bread <laughs> well i disagree with that assessment but it was really good so work that's for him nice I'm lazying out what's Definitely. your advice my advice is to listen to me take my advice that's not good advice because i take my advice most of the time you know like lately i've felt in this like weird funk blah you may not notice it, but because I'm taking my advice in that even when inside I'm like, oh my God, if I have to like have one more conversation about a video game or a movie or a conversation at work about anything, anything, I'm just going to like shut down. I don't care about anything. Don't care. Don't care to hear it. Don't care Do to discuss it. Do you have depression? It. Clinical depression? It is not clinical depression. No. That would be unreasonable to people who do have it. This is more like absence of everything, but not a bad mood. <laughs> not a like bad crawl in bed, hide from the world. It's just this floating blah with no motivation to start any new projects, which you know I love my projects, to start anything, to Is do anything. Is it a anything. chemical imbalance? I don't think so. I'm not asking for a, a diagnosis here. I'm just telling you. I'm being and so my advice, but you're not. So my advice is when you feel like this, but it's not a thing. It's not caused by a thing. It's not an internal thing. It's just, don't know. It's a phase. They just kind of suck it up sometimes, you know, just suck it up. Yes, sometimes you do. And you just go like, okay, on the inside today, I feel like I want to wrap a blanket around me and put headphones in and ignore the whole entire world. I don't give a shit about paying the mortgage or getting gas or buying your milk or getting the bread or making the supper or taking a bath or going to sleep. Nothing matters. However, those things do matter. So I have to just stop being a big fucking baby and just do it. And then when you do it and you go through some motions, internally, you're still like, eh, whatever, whatever. And occasionally, because you just keep moving forward, you're going to stumble on a thing that gives you pleasure, that gives you satisfaction, that pulls you out of the funk a little bit. And it, you kind of chip away at it until it starts to lift. So I'm taking my own advice and not acting on, like, not projecting it onto the whole world or even onto you if I can avoid it. 
and just processing it in myself. Why would I think this way? Why do I feel this way? Am I just being a big baby? Is it something in my body? Is it, I don't know. Is it because I have to have a project? You know, I'm examining that in my life. Is it because I need to be like, do a thing, draw a picture, make a banner, plan an event, you know, and why? Why would I have to do that to feel satisfaction? Why can't I just lay on the couch all day and watch movies and be satisfied with that occasionally, not every day? So, you know, it's a process and I'm trying to just work through it without letting it make me do what I want to do, which is just become invisible to the whole world. Nice. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> is it? All right. Is it so, so um, you can catch this podcast on aschoolie.com. Sid Talk has a website also, sidtalk.com. You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook, iTunes Music Store for the podcast, Google Play Store, RSS feed. Just go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast. You can also use uh, your Amazon device. And say your trigger word, listen to After the Show Movie Podcast on TuneIn. It will play you the latest episode. We also upload the podcast to YouTube. Email feedback to me at aschoolyatascoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk. And stay classy, Miss... What's her name? Elsie something. Elsie something. <laughs> stay classy, Miss... The young lady in this Elsie movie. Elsie Fisher. Okay. A upcoming... Well, not an upcoming star. Already a star in my eyes. Nice. Thank you. I'm going to say think for yourself or someone will do it for you. 